Hello, hello everyone. GMGM. Welcome to Web3 Magic Podcast. Here I talk with builders of some of the most interesting projects across Web3 space. Interesting by the use case, not by the price of a token. So let's warm up with music and jump. Let's jump into today's episode. Because of Filecoin and Helium, that we decided that it makes sense to try this spin, this new approach, the the depping, the decentralized physical um, network approach that we're doing today with WeatherXM. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, today I am here with Manos, and I am super excited to have him on because he's one of a few projects which is actually hardware. There's something to touch, something nice you can put into your garden or in your house, probably. Um, and I've, uh, you know, I've told him before we started that I'm, I'm a big, big hardware fan uh, because I worked on some hardware projects myself. And I was impressed uh, with the Helium's progress over the uh, past probably three years. So welcome, Manos. Very happy to have you. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Wonderful. So let's jump right in. I always ask the first question is, you know, how did you end up in crypto? How you got here? How, how long do you want this answer to be? <laughs> <laughs> mm, it depends. <laughs> okay, let me give you a, 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 I'll try to squeeze it. But there's a funny element into this. So um, we tried, we came up with this. So the, the team has been together in WeatherXM, the team has been together for many years. Uh, mm-hmm. And we the project goes back in a, in a vague kind of way. It goes back to 2012. Oh, wow. Uh, so in 2012, uh, we were four colleagues. Um, we were working in a research facility as computer engineers here in Greece. And, um, and we decided we want to try... Uh, you know, the, to see the startup uh, side of things. So we were trying to come up with some ideas to build a product and trying to monetize on a product and so on. And that's when the original idea was created uh, of WeatherXM. But at the time, it had nothing to do with crypto. It had it was a crowdsourced weather observation network. So the, the vision mm-hmm. was, let's build a global network similar to Weather Underground, if you're uh, familiar, which was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and let's do a better job than what Weather Underground did. And let's put our own hardware into that and, and those sort of things. And um, so that first attempt, um, it, it, we ended up in Silicon Valley uh, at some point in San Francisco, a team of a few friends, the, the colleagues I was talking mm-hmm. about. And we were pitching to investors this crazy idea of a global weather network. And it, it didn't go very well, as you can imagine, because we were all engineers. We had no idea how to approach this from an entrepreneurial point of view. And during that time, we were discussing among ourselves about this new idea that is called Bitcoin. And, oh. uh, and I was like, this is stupid. This is like, who cares? Like, let's, let's build this weather network. Who cares about Bitcoin now? Um, so it has been on our radar since essentially since forever um the crypto side of things it's just that it took us many many years to come up with a way to combine the two and it was actually mm-hmm. 
because of Filecoin and Helium that we decided that it makes sense to try this spin, this new approach, the the DEPIN, the decentralized physical um, network approach that we're doing today with WeatherXM. Oh, I see. Impressive. So uh, is it fair to assume that it's still the same team? Like, you know, you guys so started almost, together, you're yeah, still so together. Yeah, one of my co-founders, co uh, Stratos, uh, we've been together since that trip. Um, <laughs> then other people joined the effort over the years. So the core team has been together for about seven years now, I think, hmm. uh, since 2015. Impressive. Okay. Um, how long did it take to develop your own hardware? Whoa. Huh. So... I so think we, like, let's say first version, because I assume, you know, it's still improving. It's always improving, but like, yeah. um, so we started, um, yeah, again, there's a lot of background stuff that, uh, that I can share here. It is just, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much time you want to consume. Well, we need to fit into like 30 minutes. So okay. <laughs> I leave that up to you. <laughs> so, we, so the company, well, the, 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 the company that is closer to what we're doing today, but not the original, uh, not today's company, um, is called Ex Machina, EXM.GR, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which is the Greek company that we founded in 2015 with the team that we are today, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, so in 2015, we were doing environmental IoT, industrial IoT projects for large enterprises like uh, the Athens Airport or the or motorways or energy utility companies and, and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And so at the time we were deploying uh, various sensors and one of them, well, the, the typical uh, thing that we had to deploy in, in most of our projects was a weather station. So we came across uh, a number of challenges. Like one, the number one was that weather stations are really, really legacy, old school, technology uh, because they are designed for governance and, and universities. So the, the options we had at the time in 2015 were very limited and the personal weather stations were slightly more modern yet extremely um, old in our point of view as engineers. So the technologies sure. they were using. So if, if you think about it in, two, in 2015, it wasn't even obvious that a weather station has to be connected to the internet. So there were a lot of options there of weather stations right. that you download the data with a USB stick or something. Like right. it was, it sounded crazy to us. And at the same time, we, uh, we, we were the Athens, we were the team that pushed LoRaWAN as a technology in Greece. Uh, we mm -hmm. were part of the, of the things network, which is in a way, the European helium, uh, yep. which, if I'm not mistaken, it started before helium as a community project. So that's around 2015. That's and uh, without any incentive, it was, you know, for the benefit of the mankind, of the humankind, and so we can all learn. So, so we joined our movement. We set up the first public uh, Lora One infrastructure in, in Athens. We did a couple of uh, commercial projects with private networks uh, using Lora One sensors. So at, at that time, we we were assembling our own hardware, but we were not manufacturing hardware. So we were picking up components of the market 
and mm -hmm. we were writing our own firmware. So we were choosing open source, open hardware uh, the, uh, components, devices, IoT nodes, and we were running, we were developing our own firmware and we were connecting our own sensors. So we were, you know, assembling our own products in a way, um, which is similar to what Helium was doing at the same time. And, um, yeah. and we were completely disappointed with the result um, because, <laughs> so from one end, we had really bad weather stations, the, the, you know, the complete solutions. And then we were trying to do something better, but we were using components that they were not ideal for what we wanted to achieve. Uh, for example, we could, there wasn't hardware that could support Wi-Fi and LoRaWAN and Bluetooth and 4G at the same time. Right. That was an overkill. And we thought that should be mandatory. Like why, why restrict uh, a weather station, the capability to communicate with multiple protocols uh, and just to save like, you know, $5 or $1 in, in components. I can um, totally see the engineering mind in this. Yeah, not and obviously that's not the entrepreneurs, it's <laughs> the engineers. Like, let's put as many features as we can into this. So, so to answer your question, in 2018, uh, after we had uh, assembled a lot of Frankenstein hardware, like we were combining 3D printing plastics and combining components and writing our own firmware and hacking existing PCBs so we can add their change functionality. Um, it was in 2018 that we decided we we're going to do our own thing from scratch and put it into mass manufacturing. And uh, we, yeah, and still there's no crypto there. Um, right. And so we applied to Hacks. Hacks is the worst largest or most famous hardware accelerator uh, right. is yeah. a, it's a part of SOSV. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a big VC. Um, and we went to Shenzhen. Uh, four people from the team relocated to Shenzhen for four months um, in an effort to build our own weather station from scratch. And actually, I have the first prototype here. Ha. Let's see it. Well, I have parts of the first prototype. <laughs> nice. so these are some parts. This thing involved... Well, there were many versions of this, but uh, essentially evolved into this PCB, mm -hmm. uh, and which supports LoRaWAN. Uh, it has 4G from the top um, and Wi-Fi Bluetooth. Which is the um, we that's that's what we thought at the time was the most important aspect to have multiple communication protocols, and also we innovated in in a number of things. We we tried to uh, design our own um, solid state sensors so we can detect precipitation, um, and hail, and a number of other things, and and wind without okay. having any moving parts. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so we created a lot of low-level sensors that we were hoping with machine learning we could train them to be accurate, uh, even though the sensors started from scratch by our design. Long story short, this consumed the entire 2018 and a lot of energy from our end, mm -hmm. and this product never made it to mass production. So we just had engineering samples. Mm -hmm. uh, we collaborated with factories, but we never put it into production. And we kind of skipped that and went to more mature 
products that existed in the market already, but um, we were talking with the factories that were producing them. So we had the luxury of modifying the electronics to suit our needs. So we mm -hmm. didn't have to start from scratch. So the, the products that you see in the market today, out of weather exempt, they were built in that way. We had all the knowledge of starting from scratch and then we 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 stopped that effort and went to existing off the market products and we modified the electronics and the firmware and branded it as ours mm -hmm. well you know i think so it's definitely a long journey but nevertheless pretty impressive and i think there's nothing wrong if you know Somebody's making something you can use and it's already good. Why not to use it? But uh, but by trying to make your own thing, you usually learn a lot of things which would be otherwise hidden. <clears throat> so that's that's impressive. That the part when the teams uh, from Hexgo actually to Shenzhen always seemed very interesting and uh, and good. They're like well designed from the acceleration perspective to me. So I'm happy to finally, you know, talk to someone for whom it worked in a way. <laughs> well, we've done a huge pivot since then. <clears throat> the crypto pivot, the, we did that in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially what 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 we did there is no, we didn't only change completely the business model and everything. We had to do a major change in the hardware um, and create a hardware that didn't exist, essentially, uh, and still doesn't exist uh, outside of our ecosystem, which is a weather station that has cryptographic proofs. So it's a weather station that signs the payload, signs the, the data of the sensors mm -hmm. with a crypto chip. So it can prove later. So the data that we produce uh, we can prove that they were produced by this specific device at that specific point in time from that specific location because we all we also have GPS data mm -hmm. and secure communication between the microcontroller and and the GP, and the GPS and that was so easy for us to do at that time in 2019 when we decided so in 2019 we decided let's explore this web3 spin and the helium approach and so on. And, and because we had all this experience, because we were already, uh, we, we had a product in the market for almost uh, one year, more than a year, uh, with our own PCB, with our own uh, firmware, mm -hmm. uh, that we were you know, constantly uh, improving uh, almost on a daily basis. And we had a lot of experience from all that. It was very easy to just add the crypto element to this. Yeah, I can imagine. And it wouldn't have been, and we wouldn't come up with this idea if we didn't have all this experience. True. What I'm thinking now is, you know, as you said it. So, in 2019, I think it was it was definitely far from obvious that you know the time when everybody will want everything signed and somehow confirmed that it's really what it is, saying it is. Uh, it wasn't definitely obvious. I think it's pretty obvious now, right? So everybody will want to sign everything, really, just to you know make sure that if I'm saying I wrote this, this is really mine. If you're saying this is from this weather station, it really is. <clears throat> and so it was. It was. 
Yeah, great foresight. Well, were you guys, you know, <clears throat> very drawn towards the crypto pivot because of the kind of helium early successes, or was it because it was always in the back at the back of your mind and you just didn't know how to fit it in? So we were looking at, at IPFS as a cool technology. Mm -hmm. um, sure. And so then we were looking at Filecoin as a cool business model. Um, of, and I was, you know, I was, uh, to be honest, I, I, I preferred the Filecoin concept than Bitcoin itself. Because mm. to me, having a utility attached to 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 the coin that is powering this ecosystem, it makes a lot more sense than just having something that uh, we we all have to agree that has value. Um, so so Filecoin was the the first influence, let's say, and then and then Helium in the sense that we were already part of the Things Network ecosystem. So we had a very good idea what's happening in in the Things Network and. When Helium did the first steps, we were looking at it and thinking, hmm, typical Americans, they're attaching, you know, they're, they're putting fuel, they're putting gasoline into the whole, uh, you know, uh, monetary value by using crypto. Uh, let's see how this goes. And then obviously it went very well. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking like, well, we can combine the three concepts like Filecoin, Helium, and weather right. in, into what? You see today, basically. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, and I, I'm glad you 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 mentioned it because um, so this is a big community, right, in the crypto space, which are like Bitcoin diehards, and they think Bitcoin is everything. Um, and I, my 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 background is actually finance and statistics, even though I work the whole life in in tech and startups. Um, and I I had access to Bitcoin fairly early. But I never really saw it as anything interesting. And um, I mean, it's okay if you want to have some. So I'm all for the concept of like self-custody, you know, and uh, keep your own wallets, have your own keys, some privacy, ideally, as well. And uh, <clears throat> But uh, the concept like let's have global money, which is called Bitcoin and let's just trust it because it's algorithmically you know run didn't really appeal to me as well compared to ethereum where you know the whole ecosystem kind of makes sense so you want to do some automations you want to run some things you want to do something with it not just you know look at it and say oh this is digital gold um so yeah i totally understand that um can I, you know, it, it just begs, begs question, the device behind you, is it the newest prototype? Is it the current thing which you guys are selling? What's that? So this one on, on my head that we should actually, I should create a cup. <laughs> so that's the first generation. Mm -hmm. But this, this one here is actually one of the oldest ones. So this okay. is what we were selling, selling before. Uh, we did the crypto pivot. So this is a gateway, an IoT gateway that supports all the protocols. This one is the the outdoor sensors that we 
combine with the um, with the M where is the camera here? with the first product that we shipped. So this is the M5 stack. We combined this with those outdoor sensors, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was the that is today the Wi-Fi uh, solution. Then then we did. This is the second version of our hardware, or second family of hardware. This is the helium compatible one. Mm -hmm. So, so this is autonomous in the sense that it doesn't require any other gateway mm -hmm. than the helium gateway, which they are distributed already. So it works as is. And the latest version is this one. So this is in a way an improved version of what we had a few years ago. I see. Um, we've built this again in a collaboration with another company, uh, and we are doing the firmware from scratch. Uh -huh. Looks very slick. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's very sexy. Uh, <laughs> it has uh, all this is this is the solar panel, and um, it's very um, modular. So it has two slots here that you can insert um cartridges that support cool. different products and the beauty here is that we can uh, support many different types of weather uh, equipment weather stations weather sensors and so we can move closer to industrial use cases because we have a lot of customers now that are asking for more expensive let's say uh, equipment mm -hmm. and so and that's that opens the door to that very nice yeah love love that uh once i will settle down again somewhere I have to get one of those um so let's come back to to the project so that was around 2019 you mentioned that you guys um moved in the direction of file core and slash helium idea and uh so let's take it from there. Where are you now? Um, okay, so in so what happened is like let, let me take you from there to today, uh, actually, uh, very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so in 2019, <clears throat> we were actually exploring uh, uh, business models and use cases that had that uh, sovereignty uh, attached to them. So we were thinking like we should do a solution for farmers that is precision agriculture oriented uh, with weather data, but yet all the data uh, end up in Filecoin or IPFS. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the, the end user has ownership on the data and they can control what happens. So this is like, initially we didn't think that we should just do helium for weather. Uh, initially we thought that we should do something um, to go against the stream of centralized ownership of, of data basically by large corporations. So I think that the first um, idea there was like, let's, you know, let's have that fight. <laughs> Um, with the with the big companies and and uh, so when we did when we were working in in that space in that sector we thought it was necessary to have the hardware um, connected 
directly with some kind of decentralized technology uh, so it can uh, offload the, the data um, without having a centralized entity in the middle. Mm -hmm. So the first ever uh, prototype uh, or proof of concept that we did uh, was having one of the weather stations connecting directly to IPFS and, and, and uh, offloading the weather data signed there. And, and there, okay, so who cares? Like, okay, maybe that's cool from a technology perspective, but we were trying to make some sense, mm -hmm. uh, from, uh, business sense out of this. So we thought, okay, let's connect this with a chain link, with uh, using the chain link protocol, let's connect it to an Ethereum smart contract that is pretending to be a parametric weather insurance. Okay. So, oh. so we did a very simple proof of concept where you buy some kind of weather protection and it, that protection is triggered by the hardware directly mm -hmm. and you get paid uh, compensation without having to have an entity in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we released this as an open source project. So it's somewhere in our repo. Uh, mm -hmm at 2019 and uh while we were exploring all these ideas and and at that time we didn't think that doing helium for weather was a good idea because it felt like it's too much it felt like this is too complicated for such a small team mm -hmm. uh, to, to handle and um that's why we were exploring the the agriculture solution space so when we launched that, when we released that uh, uh, project, that proof of concept, we kind of advertised it in a Chainlink hackathon, I think, um, where Protocol Labs was uh, sponsored. Mm -hmm. So they found it uh, in the end. So Consensus and Protocol Labs came to us and suggested that we should pursue this as a, as a venture, as a, as a startup idea. Mm -hmm. And initially we were like, no, 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 we're okay. I mean, we have a business already. We have a company. We know it. this was just an experiment just to get an idea on the Web3 space. But in the end, we, it, it was them actually who convinced us that we can pull off the helium for weather idea, which sounded crazy at the time. But we were uh, in a position to communicate it to them. Um, so we joined the Tachyon Accelerator. That's the name of the second accelerator that we have joined, um, okay. which was Consensus and Protocol Labs uh, made. Um, and that's basically when the project had, um, formed in the in the in in the in the figure that you see today. Okay. When, when was that? With, uh... Uh, practically it's in 2020. Right. So okay. I think weatherxm.com as a website was launched then in 2020. We started pre-selling hardware, I think at the end of to, uh, somewhere there, like uh, end of the summer, beginning of winter of 20. And to be honest, we were selling hardware at, at that point. We were selling hardware that we knew we were capable of producing, but we didn't have. So we were pre-selling an idea sure. and, and a lot of people supported us uh, at that point. There were a lot of people buying the hardware, 
when there was not a lot of information about the project or, or you know, there was, it was a, it was a big risk, I think, to buy that hardware at that time from, uh, from somebody, from an outside outsider's perspective. And those yeah. poor people had to wait for many months to receive uh, the first devices. Well, I think, you know, um, probably everybody who was supporting you already had the Kickstarter experience. Like, you know, things are still coming like two years after the deadline. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, teams make it finally. You know, it's just not on a timeline. So you basically just like something you see, you buy it, and then you forget about it. And when the package shows up, it's like, oh, nice surprise. <laughs> okay, so so what happened with the with the previous company? Did you guys merge those two, or you are basically sitting on two chairs now? Yeah, well, kind of. So the, the old company, the Greek entity, um, is still here, uh, alive. It's just that we have reduced the scope uh, mm -hmm. to... It has kept a couple of large enterprise customers um, that we had long contracts with, so we had to keep them. Um, and uh, and it was initially the uh, company that we used to manufacture the hardware, because right. what right. happened later on was uh, at the end of 2021, we did our first uh, fundraise, uh, proper fundraise, seed round because the accelerators were giving us some uh, capital as well, but obviously it was, it was uh, sure. very limited. So at the end of 2001, we did a funding round um, of 5 million um, with a play, placeholder VC, Chris Burniski was leading the round. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at that point, we still didn't have an entity to put that money in I see. Uh, yeah, and we didn't have any other entity than the Greek entity to produce the hardware either. Mm -hmm. So, and we were already producing hardware. We were already, I think we were, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm mistaking the dates, but we were already in the, in production. Um, cause we had a lot of pre-sales at that point. So, um, yeah, so we started with, so we, we created a new company in Switzerland, beginning mm. of 2022, uh, to benefit from a mature crypto legislation environment, which at the time was nowhere to be found and, and still is a little bit, you know, gray. So we, we wanted, so we're engineers and we wanted to have like a conservative approach when it comes to the legal aspect of things. So mm. we, we wanted to find uh, an environment where what we did was not considered, uh, you know, dodgy or anything. Um, sure, sure. So, so Switzerland at that time had a mature framework. They had a distinction between what is a security, what is a utility uh, token, and so on. So that's why we decided to found the company in Switzerland, even though none of us has, has anything to do with Switzerland. Um, sure. And yeah, so we created the company in 2022. Uh, we received the capital from the funding round and, but we still have the old Greek company that was producing the hardware. So we kind of in, within the, within the year of 2022, we kind of separated those two entities. 
Um, and that, and by the way, this is another thing that we are just doing this year. We are separating the network from the company because we in November we founded the association mm-hmm. in Switzerland that is in charge of the network. That's the legal wrapper of the DAO. Okay. So we have to go through this process again of separating um, some stuff that we have in the company. They have we have to hand it over to the network now. Gotcha. So initially it was the hardware. Now it's more than the hardware. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So I think uh, just a quick follow-up questions. So how many devices have you guys uh, sold? I mean the ones which are actually the Weather XM network right now. So we have manufactured almost 8,000 units um, mm-hmm. in these three types of devices that I mentioned. Um, we have sold uh, around 6,000 at mm-hmm. this point, and uh, 4,000 are connected okay. on the network. Okay, nice. Um, so basically it means... Sorry, sorry, just finish your thought. Yeah, I was saying that they distributed in more than 80 countries so that's that's a very good i mean obviously most of the stations are uh, us and eu based but sure. overall we have a very good distribution uh on on a worldwide uh, scale that's mm-hmm. visible in the explorer.weatherxm.com so basically if i go to the website now and i buy the station i'm not really pre-ordering it it's actually ready to be yeah, shipped we have to <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have eight thousand. So we still have two more thousand in stock, and we're actually organizing the the next batches of manufacturing at this point because mm-hmm. we expect there will be a lot of demand this year. Cool. Um, is there? So I I think you know when I checked, it kind of looked that it's pretty. Let's say almost pro level weather station. Is there any? Are there any plans that you guys would go like you know, kind of scale it down to, you know, achieve, let's say, more acceptable price points for like certain parts of the world, or no plans at the moment? Uh, yes, but not in the way that you that you you're you're thinking about it. So first okay. of all, this is like the lowest cost weather station that you can have that is decent enough to produce data that are usable. So if you go if you go um, lower in terms okay. of hardware, it, I think it doesn't make sense. In uh, it, It's not the quality of the data that uh, we that would collect. Sense. It wouldn't have a lot of value. And Good. even at this range, we still have a lot of trouble uh, fine-tuning some, some elements here because the, what we're selling at the, at the $400 range, what we're selling is a low-cost, all-in-one um, personal weather station, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's already a stretch to use that hardware for industrial applications. So you have we see. have customers where the, the cost of deployment is multiple times higher than the cost of the hardware. So it's, yeah, makes sense. if, they, if they have to visit the space again uh, to do a repair or something, it doesn't make sense for them to have so cheap hardware. They would gotcha. rather spend, you know, five, 10 times more and never have to visit the place again. Um, and that's what the 4G uh, generation unlocks in a way. Um, but also that's what the community uh, provides as well. So uh, that hardware is perfectly uh, suited for 
the community approach where you put the weather station to your backyard and if you know something goes wrong it's you just easy you can you know maintain it you yeah. take it down you you spray it with a with wd-40 or you clean it or you replace a component or you change the batteries we're using AA batteries on mm -hmm. those stations so it's not very industrial if you if you think about it <laughs> Uh, right, right. No, so you, you got me there. But, uh, obviously, my lack of experience. The for the developing countries, though, for, for emerging markets and for areas, this is our top priority, to be honest. And uh, so we, we do want to see our network evolve in places that don't have weather infrastructure. Because mm -hmm. we come from a poor place ourselves. I mean, we are, most of the team is based in Greece. Um, Greece is an agriculture uh, place where the infrastructure is really not there um, in any way you see it, uh, at least in my point of view. So, so we really understand this problem um, and we want to prioritize for countries that don't have the luxury of, a, of an expensive, mature weather infrastructure. Um, but the, the way to solve this problem is not by uh, dropping the cost of the hardware uh, mm -hmm. lower because we think it's already quite low, but it's trying different business models. And one of the things that we're going to try in the next few weeks, actually, hopefully it, it will be announced soon. So this is an alpha. This is a first. Um, um, we have... Uh, we have been working on this idea of decoupling the owner from the operator of a weather station. Um, okay. And so we want to have somebody paying for the capital expense of the, of, the, of the hardware, benefiting from the rewards, but uh, transferring the operation uh, burden to a different person, to mm -hmm. somebody in a, in a developing country that actually needs the weather data more than the owner of the station who's probably in a rich country that has decent weather infrastructure already. Mm -hmm. um, so we are trying to set up the mechanism to manage uh, this, this thing. So there is a donor and a guarantee mm -hmm. um, in this concept, but the donor is like an impact investment. Like it's, it's not exactly a, a clean donorship, so we have been exploring these these ideas with Gitcoin and Giveth mm -hmm. and some centralized exchanges, and we're trying to find a balance where parts of this process take place in, in a pure uh, donation uh, uh, platform, and then other parts take place in 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 places that people are uh, more familiar with those ideas of of uh, you know assigning, uh, uh, sharing, let's say, uh, benefits and rewards of, of, the, of, of, of the projects uh, that they support in the Web3 space. Mm -hmm. That's actually, yeah, super interesting. Um, didn't cross my mind directly um, as an option, but um, I remember discussing similar idea in one, with one of the projects which was working on uh, some network hardware. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. I think, um, of course, if you can somehow align the incentives, so, you know, there needs to be the need on both sides for something. But I, um, <clears throat> I think um, 
in your case, definitely seems like it might work. So what's, what are the next steps for 2024 for WeatherXM? Yeah, so we so we've been all this time. Uh, our token uh, has been on a testnet, and we we made it so far without you know having to use without doing the traditional things that other crypto projects did uh, when they when they started in a way. So we we wanted to build the infrastructure first. We wanted to create value out of uh, of our of our ideas and then do the, the token loans. So we recently moved, we did a lot of changes in the project as well. So we moved from um, Polygon to Arbitrum um, and Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a hybrid thing. Um, so the plan is for next month, probably to um, go on mainnet. So that essentially officially means the, the launch of the launch. token. Yes. Another alpha. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, we I think we mentioned it in our community like a few days ago. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's still, it's fresh news. Uh, not everybody knows this. And um, yeah, so we are planning to move the rewards, the token rewards on mainnet in February. And um and this unlocks a lot of new opportunities and new ideas that we have been working on all this time. Uh, for example, collaborations with other projects that mm. are on chain. Sure. Um, uh, in in many different you know directions, like whether it's from uh, the the parametric weather insurance stuff that we have been explored, or obviously we have continued to explore or other uh, ways that we can produce weather services uh, that are meaningful for B2B companies, for Web2 companies as well. Because, you mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day, we produce weather data, we produce improved weather forecasts, and that's a service that a lot of companies need, and they don't care how it is made, and they don't care about the crypto aspect of things. They yeah. just want the weather data in areas that, know whether data existed or a more accurate weather forecast yeah yeah i can imagine no no that i'm an expert in you know weather b2b things but uh, but i can imagine there you know if there is a simple accessible and let's say uh cost acceptable way to get weather data then there might be huge interest basically from almost anybody who has to, anything to do from, you know, like tourism, agriculture, um, <clears throat> obviously insurance or, you know, utilities. Uh, basically, uh, everybody who's already buying the data, plus many more who don't and who just now use the Saki weather app, which tells you it's going to rain and it's sunshine. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I totally see that. Okay, that that looks very exciting. Um, <clears throat> anything else you would like to add? Because we we touched on like forty minutes, so I want to be mindful of your time and also you know try to keep it relatively concise. So anything else you want to shout out? Um, not that I that I can think of right now. I mean, our priorities right now is to focus on on the token launch 
and then the new hardware that um, is ready for some time now, but we haven't shipped it yet. The 4G uh, mm-hmm. is still, we're still, you know, uh, delaying it so we can focus on one thing at a time. Um, we're also fundraising. Uh, so there's a lot of things happening uh, in the next one, two months. Uh, fundraising from VCs, uh, sure. not from the top. Um, so, yeah, I think we have enough in our plate for 2024. <laughs> and it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be an exciting year for all crypto projects anyway. And especially for Deppin, which is picking up uh, popularity. Hmm. Um, so I'm really excited that we we have positioned ourselves at this spot at this point in time um, by all the you know by all the work that has happened in the past oh yeah totally totally um definitely looks like an exciting year ahead of you guys i wish you success with the fundraising of course it shouldn't be a problem and uh, everybody go check the weather xm because the devices look awesome and you can, you know, you can have your own weather station. Who can say that? Come on. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Manos. It was great pleasure talking to you. And uh, I hope to see you or some of your colleagues uh, in the future with some sure. updates. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Bye. And that was it for today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect with my guest, or if you're interested in some of the points that were discussed today, just check the show notes for links. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. Also, if you are compelled, please leave a review. It helps others to find the podcast, and you can surely share it with your friends to save them the trouble of discovery process. I definitely hope you would do that for me. One more thing, from January 2024, there is an option for the interested collectors to mint the episode or just the episode's art, which is always uniquely created by me for each guest and project. So go check the show notes to find out more. Until next time, keep it colorful and stay positive, friends. Ciao.